Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in through our online affiliates around the world. We're glad you all could join us as well. Have another great book for you all as you're going throughout your summer reading and looking for books to add to your list. We have Lynn Hugo joining us for this next segment today. She's released a great new book. It's a novel called The Language of Kin. We're going to talk to Lynn not only about about the writing of the book, but also the characters we're able to meet, and I think also what it's been like for her to be able to show how we can be able to form connections, even when sometimes we don't always see eye to eye with others. If you guys are just now hearing about the language of Ken, we will let you know how to get your own copy of it, as well as how you can stay connected with Lynn. The great thing about this book, too, is that because it is a book that is new, that means you can be one of the first ones in your circle to be able to read it for yourself, and then, of course, to be able to share it with your friends and to get conversations going around it. And then, as I mentioned, too, Lynn is available online, too, so you guys will be able to connect with her there. And that's one of the great things about these connections, especially those joining us on the podcast side. You guys could actually be able uh, to share this link out, as well as, of course, if you guys catch part of the conversation that you want to be able to go back and listen to, you can always be able to go back to the podcast to be able to catch that as well. Again, one of the great things we love about live streaming this broadcast for our radio audience, we will make sure that we have the link on our our Facebook page for you guys. Lynn, thank you again for the time today. Really appreciate you stopping by. Oh, I'm very honored to be here, Cyrus. Thank you. Oh, the pleasure is definitely all mine. So I, I went into this book, and I want to thank our, our mutual friend Anne Maria of Get Red PR for, for introducing me to the language of Kim. But I went into the book really not knowing what to expect, and there were so many surprises for me along the way, Lynn. I know the book is newly out, but you've gotten early responses already. What has it been like for you to see the way that readers are responding to the language of Ken? I I have been absolutely delighted by how how interested and how excited um, readers have been and how overwhelmingly positive the the early the readers of advanced copies have been about the book um a number of them have commented how much they have um learned it's just in the process of reading the story and i love that because i'm i'm always myself engaged particularly engaged by a novel in which I learn something new but it's not but it's not I don't perceive it as a didactic novel you know it's not just cramming facts at me but it's just woven into the story and that's what I try to do with my fiction so that pleases me a lot when I get that reaction yeah. I think, and it's interesting as I got into the book, uh, Lynn, of course, we're able to see uh, how the main characters, Mark and Kate, how they interact with each other. We're going to talk about how you decided how to write this book. But also, I think the 
the things that we can learn from the title and the way that we communicate in general. Uh, I thought the title was so interesting as I got into the language of Ken because it can be applied in so many different ways for me as a reader. Of course, we think about the way that you know we're able to you know cohabitate uh, in many ways with animals and kind of be able to exist with them. But also, I love the fact, Lynn, that you even kind of address it in another way that I really appreciated, and that is how we can be able to connect with better with one another, something that is not always easy uh, to do, uh, even yeah. though we may all look alike. What was it like for you to kind of play with that idea of language and kinship when it came to this book? Yes, it might be helpful for your listeners to know that the primary setting of the book is is a zoo. And Kate and Mark, as you mentioned, the, the two protagonists are, are um, zookeepers, and they they both work in the the area of the great apes, and the they are engaged in a um, a fundamental ethical conflict about how to help a young terrified chimpanzee acclimate to the zoo. So some of it has to do with how to connect with with this um, chimpanzee. Who's um, do you? Um, it, well, I, w- I would remind listeners that chimps are our very closest um, connection in the in the animal world. They share ninety eight percent, eight plus percent of our DNA. So that's that was the first kind of language that these characters were dealing with, and then communicating with each other. Um, was difficult because they had very different views of how to proceed. And each of them have a a mother that they're responsible for as a primary caretaker. Mark's mother is deaf, so you have language issues there. And Kate's mother has primary aphasia, which is the loss of ability to understand and process words without dementia. So there are language issues all the way around. Right. And there's also a a character in the book who is um, a mid-level um, autistic um, person. Mm-hmm. And so that character also has difficulty with communicating his deep feelings and his his thinking which of course he has but communication is very difficult for him so i was yes you're right i was looking at at communication in all those um different areas right and what was it yeah, no, that that was really it. No, that was really it, and that, and I'm glad you 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 were talking about that, Lynn, because that's exactly what I was 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 getting to. Because even the character Bruce, as you were mentioning, communication is just such a big part of this book in so many different ways. So I was curious, then, what was the initial seed for you, then? Because there are layers to this when it comes to the idea of language and connection and togetherness. What came first for you for for the idea for this book? Came first. Well, I think I, 
in in my in my original um I think it's twofold, honestly, Cyrus. In my in my original career life, um I'm a licensed um therapist. So communication is has always been very central to my work. And learning how to communicate differently with different people and help them communicate in different circumstances. Um and how to help to help them connect successfully. So that that's always been a part of what I've been deeply interested in. And then the second the second part of it is I've I've always had a lot of care and feeling for animals. I worked for a while um as a therapy dog team in a nursing home um with my last lab labrador retriever I mean and I also had been doing some reading and talking about what's happening to the um to the uh, wild habitat the natural habitat in the rainforest and what's happening to the animals there as as their habitat is being destroyed and uh, then I got interested in the chimpanzees. So really, I, it just came from a whole number of different areas. And, you know, sometimes I just process things by creating a story that brings it all together. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And, and I was curious about that because as we see the story kind of taking place, Lynn, and I'll talk around some of this uh, for, so for my audience if I'm sounding vague with some things so I don't spoil anything for you guys because I think you guys are going to really enjoy this read. What I thought was so interesting is that we're able to get not only different perspectives but also different feelings because you allow even Eve – and I was really curious when I first saw Eve having chapters – I, it was so interesting to me to see how you were able to allow us to even get a glimpse of Eve's world. What was that like for you? Did, did you find that that's something that just seemed to fit the story, or was it something that came to you as the story was evolving? Um, both, honestly. It just seemed like she, Eve, Eve being the chimpanzee, in case we didn't mention that for your listeners, um, it seemed that she would be well of course she would be very traumatized she had spent 8 years as um she was she's captured in Uganda and um the her transport here is is described um from her point of view um and she's captured as as a nursing infant and she had spent eight years in a medical lab being experimented on, which was done uh, quite a bit in America. This was a private lab. Um, so she was then finally transferred to an American zoo. A lot of those chimps were transferred either to sanctuaries or zoos because the um, – the National Institute of Health finally put a stop to all medical experimentation on captured chimpanzees or chimpanzees in medical facilities. 
And so she was traumatized by being isolated in a cage as they were and just used for medical experimentation. And that was painful and frightening. Um, so, so she was, she needed to have, from my point of view, the reader needed a sense of what that was like for these highly intelligent, highly social animals that it just couldn't be um, from the human perspective because they are so, they're just extremely bright and they live in social groups. They parent cooperatively and they learn, they, they use tools when, when they are able to live as they would naturally. So it just seemed wrong not to give her, not to present what I imagine it is like. Right. And and I think, too, another layer of this, too, is that there are, as we talk about the idea of language, and I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. Lynn Hugo is our guest for this segment. We're talking with her about her brand-new book, The Language of Ken, available now through our friends at Amazon.com. We're going to remind you of that and how you can stay connected with Lynn. But I was just thinking the idea of communication. There's also the idea of miscommunication and not being on the same page. And we see that with the work, of course, that Mark is doing, that Kate is doing, and how they sometimes Sometimes, even though they don't always see eye to eye, there is an us versus them that they kind of find themselves in when it comes to understanding what's happening with the animals. What was that like? Because that is something that is very real, I think, for the reader, for myself, who, you know, know I know very little about the profession, but to be able to think about what things we see on the news, right, and those who go out of their way to try to help those who are in distress, especially when it comes to animals and, and making sure they're not forgotten. What was it like for you to kind of have them kind of form their own coalition and to see how they were willing to come together for the greater good throughout the book? Yes. I um, I thought that was very important because ultimately for them, it, it's about the, the welfare um, of the animals and helping them. Their, their divergent points of view about how to do that most ethically are are absolutely very much the real points of view within the community of primatologists mm-hmm. um, so I wanted to represent those fairly um, right. but but ultimately, yes, they would. They would form. They would come together uh, because the ultimate goal is. So I want to ask you this question. Then we're going to talk about what it's been like for you to kind of connect with readers here, Lynn. But I want to talk about Kate because the book is kind of written in different. Angle from different angles, I'll say it that way. Um, mm-hmm. One of those, of course, is through Kate. Uh, talk to us about that. How did you des- decide how you wanted to to kind of carry a lot of the story versus tell us everything else that's happening in the story? Well, there's there's really three points of view. There's there's Kate and Mark and Eve, um, and I. I just decided to limit it to the, those three points of view, even though there are certainly other important characters. Um, 
uh, Linda Marchers is the is the uh, curator of the primates, and then there's the 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 zoo director Robert Thurston. So there are, but it seemed like it was best to have just the the two major points of view, Kate and Mark. I I don't want I didn't want to do too much head hopping for the reader. Just hmm. present the major points of view, and then the others could be presented through. You know, both Kate and Mark would would be interacting with the other characters, and so I think they came across fairly. I think they came across consistently because most of the staff reacted to them similarly. And and that that seemed appropriate, right? Well, I'll tell you, it it definitely I think helps keeps the story moving um, to be able to get different perspectives, and then of course as I mentioned, having you know there's pers- perspective of even there too, and 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 reminds us of course is and I think I, I thought about this as well, Lynn, and I'm I'm curious if the, you thought the same thing, and that is that a lot of times when we're making decisions, right, we are so focused on our own perspective and own ideals, but through this book, through the language of, of Ken, you know, we are able to remember how these actions that they're taking are impacting Eve and others. Yes. And I one thing that was important to me is um, there there has to be a growth in the in the characters. They need to to change um, in realistic ways. And from my point of view, Mark had, you know, we all want to control things, I, right. I think. We all want to, we all have a vision of how things should be. And, of course, Kate had a vision of how things should as did Mark. And not not just with things at the zoo but also in their own lives. And so over the course of the novel, I think they affected each other and how each other saw things mm-hmm. and not in their personal lives too. And so as I was going to say, not just at the zoo. And, and even Eve over the course of the novel we saw her a, a, a journey that I think addresses. You know, is it possible to recover from from trauma? Right. Um, and how does that happen? Does it happen exactly. in isolation? Does it happen just internally? Does it happen by connecting with other living beings, whether they're human or animal? You know, how how are we what affects us and and how does how does human human connection affect us and how does how are we affected by human animal interaction right so those are some things i was looking at 
Well, definitely comes through, and I think the reader will be able to find the book definitely engaging, Lynn, and, and keep their interest as they're going throughout it. Again, The Language of Ken is the book. Lynn Hugo is the author. It is available, as I mentioned now, so you can go ahead and get your own copy of the book. As Lynn and I mentioned, of course, you know, the people are already sharing their thoughts, the early reviewers of the book. I'll be writing my review as well. Lynn, I really appreciate you stopping by. Congratulations again on the book. How can our audience stay connected with you? Well, I'm on um, Facebook. It's, uh, um, my name is spelled with an E, L-Y-N-N-E, Hugo, H-U-G-O. So I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram on uh, under Lynn Hugo Author. I do have a Twitter account. I, I'm less active on Twitter, but I'm on there at Lynn Hugo. <laughs> and... Um, but I'd say Instagram and Facebook. I have Lynn Hugo Readers page, but okay. also just Lynn Hugo. And pretty much everything I post on Lynn Hugo is also public. But my readers page is mostly limited to professional, you know, things about books and other books too. Oh, and a big one is BookBub. I BookBub is where I post reviews of other books. Hmm, okay. Um, Really hoping to, I'm trying to get up to over a thousand uh, followers on BookBub. Getting very close to that, so okay. I invite people to follow my BookBub account. All right, um, and I do good. I do review a lot of books on there on BookBub. So, and I really welcome followers, and I'm I'm usually try to be very good about responding to comments or re- responding to people that that reach out with a comment or a review. I try to respond to reviews, and I appreciate them greatly. Okay. Well, congratulations again, Lynn. Really enjoyed our time together and looking forward to chatting with you again. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed speaking with you, Cyrus, and thank, thank you. you for having me on the show. Oh, glad to do it. Glad to do it. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.